All around the world, people are floundering. There's something missing, something more that they just can't grasp. Do you feel it too? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Every week, host Kevin Monroe will help you navigate to your true north and flourish in faith, business, and life. You found us for a reason. Stay tuned to find out why. Hey, you're listening to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Again, I am so incredibly honored and excited that you're allowing me yet another opportunity to connect with you. This is episode 27, and I'm really jazzed about today's topic, actually for a multitude of reasons. One, I bet you're a bit like me and you love stories. I've got such a fun story that I I just want to share. It's something that happened this past week. And seriously, I could not have scripted the story to happen any better than it actually unfolded. So I look forward to sharing it with you. And and this story shares uh, or provides a springboard or a segue for me to introduce a, a topic to this podcast that's near and dear to my heart. It's one that's intimately connected both to my purpose and my podcasting journey. So before I tell you the story from last week, Let me tell you another story because it's kind of connected and it's how I originally got started podcasting. It was just about five years ago now at this exact time. uh, By the time you're listening, it will be five years. It was mid-February 2013. New York Times bestselling author Daniel Pink had released a new book, To Sell as Human. As a matter of fact, he's just released another new book now, When? But Through Twitter, Dan and I engaged in in some fascinating exchanges and discussions around the ideas he was sharing in his book, To Sell is Human. When I got to the last chapter, the title was Serve, and I was totally blown away. So I tweeted Dan and asked if he was interested in joining me on a podcast to discuss the concepts he introduced in his book and the connection he made between servant selling and servant leadership. Graciously, Dan said, sure, that'd be fun. We set a date for the recording. Now, what happened next is the honest, unvarnished truth. I've shared this with people before, and they go, no, you're kidding. No, folks, this is really the truth. I'm not making this up, not embellishing this one bit. I assure you that as soon as Dan said yes, the very next thing I did was Google how to record a podcast. Seriously, at that time, I had no idea what I was doing or how to go about it. I had begun listening to podcasts sometime before, I don't know, maybe a year or two before I'd listened to a lot of podcasts. I thought it'd be fun to do one, and now I had this amazing guest, Daniel Pink, lined up, New York Times bestselling author, to be my very first guest on a podcast. So I found Steve, a friend I knew through the National Speakers Association who had a studio, and I asked Steve, would he help me produce a podcast? He did, and over the next couple of years, we did maybe 12, I mean, 15, 20 episodes, and they're still out there today. And that's how I got into podcasting, and that's how I launched Servant Leadership Sessions podcast. We had fun, 
but I had no idea about the power of podcasting or really how to approach it as a serious project and develop content on a regular basis. We, we just kind of did them sporadically. Now, with the Higher Purpose Podcast, we do them weekly. And, and I'm just excited to share with you today about servant leadership and a story from last week that involves servant leadership. First, a little background. I I discovered servant leadership early in my life. Uh, I I actually remember the book. uh, It was called The Jesus Style, and it talked about the way Jesus led being a servant leader. And I've always aspired to be a servant leader since reading that book. 2008, 2010, those two years, I attended graduate school at Gonzaga University. I obtained a master's degree in organizational leadership with a concentration in servant leadership. Since then, I've had incredible opportunities to share servant leadership all over North America and even in Europe. That brings us to last week, where I traveled to Vancouver, British Columbia, and was privileged to deliver a keynote on servant leadership for the Project Management Institute Canadian West Coast Chapter, or the PMI CWCC for short, if you're a PMI insider. So it was January. It'll be February or later when you hear this, but to contextualize the story, it was January. So this was their very first meeting of the year, and they invited me to share servant leadership with their chapter. On a side note, over the past five years, I've been privileged to share servant leadership with PMI, Project Management Institute leaders, from all over the world. Each year, I'm privileged to facilitate sessions on servant leadership in their Leadership Institute Masterclass, and they're usually about 36 people from 18 to 20 countries of the world, and I've done that for uh, over five years. I've been involved with PMI now, so met a lot of great people from all over the world, and that's what led to my being invited to Vancouver. So I was asked to create and deliver a keynote that would create excitement, raise expectations relative to servant leadership. I had an idea for an approach to the content of the session, along with a title that that I was hoping would be inspiring and intriguing. So I called it Transforming Your Life, Work, and Service Through Servant Leadership. It was a title I hoped would stimulate interest and arouse curiosity And I was, honestly, I was really hoping it'd be a bit provocative. So before the session, I was doing what I usually do. That's meeting as many people in the room as possible. At one of the last tables I stopped at, someone said, I have a question. I was going to save it and ask in the presentation as part of the Q&A, but since you're here, I'll ask now. The lady went on to to say, I almost didn't come tonight because of your topic. It just seemed so, and I watched her. She was struggling to find the right word, or maybe she was looking for a kind and courteous way to say what was really on her mind. So I offered to help. I said, audacious? I could tell I'd caught her a bit off guard by admitting that I, even I, thought the topic was audacious. I think she thought I was a bit naive, clueless about the claim. Maybe she thought I was just, you know, some some hyper-marketer. She responded, yes, that's a good word, bold, unrealistic, perhaps even a bit provocative. At that moment, I still remember feeling the smile just erupt across my face. You know, one of those ear-to-ear kinds of grins. Here's what I was thinking. Bingo! Mission accomplished. 
somebody was actually wondering if my claims about servant leadership were too good to be true. I looked at her and said, I'm so glad you think so. And thanks for being bold enough to ask. I was hoping someone or some some ones in the room would think the claim was audacious. You'll hear me use the word audacious in my opening remarks. And I hope by the end of the evening, you'll be persuaded that my claim about servant leadership is, isn't audacious. It isn't outlandish, but instead it's realistic. Then I ask, hey, will you check in with me at the end of the evening and let me know your thoughts? So we had dinner, and then it was time to speak. And I began the presentation acknowledging perhaps some of you think it's a bit audacious that I would entitle tonight's session Transforming Your Life, Work, and Service Through Servant Leadership. You might be thinking you can see a correlation between one's approach to leadership and work, but could it really have such a profound effect to be considered transformative? Isn't that a bit of a stretch? Hey, maybe you, as you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking the same thing. If so, please hang on with me a few minutes, and then you can render your verdict on what you think. So for starters, let me define transformation for you as I did for them, because maybe that's where we get hung up. What does it mean to transform something? So one definition from the dictionary is to make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character of something or someone. And the Cambridge Dictionary adds, especially so that that thing or person is improved. So let me ask you, is there some area of life, work, or service in which you'd like to experience transformation? I bet there is. I know I have a short list where I'm desiring a thorough or dramatic change for the better. And if you've been listening to recent episodes of this podcast, you've heard me refer to life, work, which certainly includes leadership if you happen to be a leader, and service. You see, I do believe that servant leadership is transformative. I also believe it's holistic and it cascades through all areas of life. I say that because servant leadership is not just the way you lead. It's the way you live, how you see the world and your place in the world. You see, servant leadership is more than just a leadership philosophy or a leadership idea. It's actually a worldview, and worldviews are transformative. I'll say more about that in a few moments. Let me share three examples of transformation in different settings. There are dozens others that I could share, but but consider these three as case studies that help us think about what does it mean to transform something. The first example is legendary basketball coach John Wooden of UCLA. He's credited with consistently transforming groups of individual superstars into high-performing teams. Some of his players went on to be NBA standouts like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton. Coach Wooden had a 29-year coaching career in college, over which time he amassed over an 80% win rate. He retired with 664 wins and 162 losses and won 10 national championships. Coach Wooden is still legendary and considered one of the all-time greats. 
Here's what made him great. He taught his players the pyramid of success and helped them win at life, not just basketball. He helped them to see that it was more than a game, and he helped them to see what they did on the court affected their character off the court and through all of life. He was a tremendous servant leader, and I love this one quotation. There's several that I love, but I love this one. It takes 10 hands to score a basket. So he was not interested in a superstar performer. He was interested in a high-performing team. And he made that transition. And I share this with you because that is a quest many leaders face today. They have superstar performers who do excellent work in their own right, but they don't know how to contribute to a team effort. So that's one transformation. Second transformation I share comes from Captain David Marquet is told in his book, Turn the Ship Around. It's a true story of how the USS Santa Fe skyrocketed from worst to first in the Pacific Fleet of the U.S. Navy. And I love the subtitle of his book. Again, Turn the Ship Around by Turning Followers into Leaders. You see, Captain Marquet had spent a year preparing to take over the leadership of another ship altogether and another type of ship. And then about 30 days out, he was reassigned through, you know, an emergency need. He was reassigned to take the helm of the USS Santa Fe. It was a submarine he knew nothing about. He'd never been on that type of submarine and really didn't know how things worked. So it was a perfect laboratory for a different kind of leadership. Again, servant leadership. It's a great book. I suggest you read it. Here's a quote that I love from Captain Marquet that kind of communicates or summarizes the essence of the journey. Leadership is communicating to people their worth and potential so clearly that they are inspired to see it in themselves. Let me say that again. Leadership is communicating to people their worth and potential so clearly that they are inspired to see it in themselves. So if you understand a lot of military cultures, they're very hierarchical and very command and control. Captain Marquet transformed his followers by helping them understand what does it mean to follow that it really means to lead. And if you know anything about servant leadership, the goal of a servant leader is not to create followers but to empower leaders. How many all how many go on to become leaders in their own right? Now the third transformation I want to share comes from the corporate world. And it's one shared by Cheryl Batchelder in her book Dare to Serve: How to Drive Superior Results by Serving Others. In the book Cheryl recounts the story of the 10-year turnaround of Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. When Cheryl took over the helm of Popeye's They had struggling sales and sinking stock price. And over this 10-year period, they became best in category of restaurants and a darling of Wall Street. I was privileged to meet Cheryl a few years into her journey at Popeye's. And I remember the first day that I was able, I visited their corporate headquarters. And I saw this mission statement on the wall. Inspire servant leaders to achieve superior results. They even had a servant leadership library in their office where there are all kinds of books and uh, resources that employees were able to check out or, or even take to help them on their servant leader journey. 
Cheryl challenged the thinking of her team and even the industry by asking the question, who is the primary audience we serve? Now, the way that question was answered or the way Cheryl and her team answered that question was transformative. You see, Popeye's was a publicly held company. And in many publicly held companies, the belief of who we are here to serve is the shareholder, the investor. But Popeye's, they began to reconceive that idea. And they thought, you know, the people who are most invested uh, personally and in their sweat equity are our franchise owners. And if we set out to serve the franchise owners as our primary audience, we will also serve the shareholders well. And they did. And you add to all of that that Cheryl is this huge advocate of purpose. And she developed resources and took her entire team and the organization through exercises to identify their personal purpose and connect it to their work in the organization. So you'll know why I love this quotation from Cheryl. It's the leader's responsibility to bring purpose and meaning to the work of the organization. So you remember earlier that I mentioned uh, the old Servant Leadership Sessions podcast that I used to do. I had the opportunity of interviewing both Captain Marquet and Cheryl Batchelder as guests on the show, and that's how I got to know the stories of the journey of their transformations. So here are three examples of transformation, each involving servant leadership or some aspect of servant leadership. As I said, there are others. Again, why do I believe servant leadership is transformative? Well, what I shared with the folks in Vancouver last week, I I used a quotation from another uh, inspiring servant leader that I've gotten to know in interview. Ari Weinschweig. He's the founder of Zingerman's Family of Businesses, which started as Zingerman's Delicatessen in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Here's a quotation from Ari that I've used for years, and I used it that night. If you really live it, servant leadership changes everything. What a great, succinct statement. If you really live it, servant leadership changes everything. Well, when I share that, the response is usually everything. Seriously, Kevin, you you think it changes everything? A couple of years ago, I was sharing servant leadership in Europe, and I used this quotation as part of a presentation. My claim was met with skepticism, and it wasn't so much about servant leadership per se, but, but about the use of the word everything. The comment was to the effect of, oh, you Americans want to sensationalize and exaggerate everything. I chuckled. I thought, everything? We exaggerate everything? Isn't that what you just accused me of doing? And there you are using the word everything. But I digress. But often people say, you don't really mean servant leadership changes everything, do you? I mean, all aspects of life? Actually, I do. And knowing Ari, I'm sure he agrees. So if you think about it for just a moment, you realize that what Ari is saying is that that servant leadership is holistic and transformative. What do I mean? It's holistic in that if you really live servant leadership, it's something that permeates all facets of your life. It's not just how you lead at work or in the volunteer organization in which you serve. If you're a servant leader, it's 24-7. It follows you everywhere, and it manifests everywhere in life. Work. Service. Service. 
Recall what I said earlier about servant leadership being a worldview, so much so that it changes or transforms how you see the world and how you respond to everything and everyone around you. So before time gets away from us, let me share a a brief overview of servant leadership just in case you're not familiar with it. So here's the definition I use. The term was coined by Robert Greenleaf in 1970 in an essay, The Servant is Leader. Greenleaf never really provided a succinct definition. He wrote extensively about servant leadership, but never really penned a definition. So here's the definition I use. Servant leadership is a people-centered approach to life and leadership that puts other people at the center. It places the needs, growth, and development of those led ahead of those leading. That right there, that's the essential power, the, the essential transformative power of servant leadership. Rather than thinking it's all about you and having this egocentric view of life in the world that everything revolves around you, you see that life, leadership, the world is bigger. And there's something bigger at work in your life, something bigger at work in the world, purpose or meaning. And you're here to serve that which is bigger than you. And that changes everything. I really believe it changes everything. And it transforms because it leads to better outcomes and you become a better person. So let me go a little further explaining servant leadership. As I said, it's this worldview. It's it's how you frame the world, how you see the world. You've probably experienced a leader somewhere who had this had a traditional power-centered view of leadership. For them, leadership was a zero-sum game. And if you look at it as a zero-sum game, that means there are winners and there are losers. And the worst thing, if you have that kind of view, is to be what? A loser. People that have that kind of view of leadership see it all as a solo quest. It's about my climb to the top of the mountain, the top of the peak, the top of the summit, whatever that is, or the top of the organizational chart or the unit. It's all about me. Well, servant leaders have this different view. They see leadership as an opportunity, perhaps even an obligation to reach back and help others along on their journey because others have done the same for them. So here's the the line from Robert Greenleaf that you've probably heard, or if you've studied servant leadership, you see this as kind of the classic text. The servant leader is servant first. It begins with the natural feeling that one wants to serve, to serve first. Then conscious choice brings one to aspire to lead. So when we look at servant leadership, it starts with this desire just to make the world a better place or to do something to make your community a better place or do something to help others. And then as it evolves, it grows, it opens up to opportunities to lead. Servant leaders look at leadership as a team effort, and we are all summiting the mountain together. And when we reach the top, we celebrate together. It's not about me. It's about we. And it's win, win, win. We're looking for situations, and we're working towards situations where everyone shares in the victory. So servant leadership, it's how the best leaders lead when they're leading at their best. 
My belief is that that when you consciously and consistently lead by putting others first, it's truly transformative. Companies I've worked with, they understand that when their leaders are at their best, they're leading this way, maybe accidentally or sporadically. But what if everybody in the leadership realms, what if everybody embraced this and everyone sought to practice servant leadership consciously and consistently? My, oh my, what a transformative impact that would have. There's more to share about servant leadership, but I want to save some of it for future episodes because I don't want to overwhelm you with all of it now. But hopefully, I've shared enough that you see servant leadership is transformative and how it fits with purpose. If you're purpose-powered, more than likely, you're people-focused. And purpose-powered, people-focused leaders serve because they're there to advance the purpose. They're there to elevate people. And servant leadership is a natural way to do that. Hey, one more thing. Let's return to Vancouver and let me tell you the rest of the story because I don't want to leave you hanging on what happened that night. They were a great audience. The the audience there, I'm serious, they could not have been more engaged. I love it when I'm encountering audiences and you see people that are sitting on the edge of their seats and they're leaning in to to what you're saying. And, And so there were folks that were like that for the two hours we were together. Then came the moment of truth. The meeting ended. I was engaging in lively discussions with several of the participants, and I looked up and I saw Chetna, the lady who had asked the question, waiting for her turn to talk. It was now time for her to render her verdict. Was she persuaded about the transformative power of servant leadership that I had claimed, or had she written me off as a charlatan, a zealot, snake oil salesman? Then I noticed there was a glow about her face, and I thought I knew what was coming. Here's what she said. I'm so glad I came tonight. I almost didn't come because your claim did seem outlandish. Like you, I now see the power of servant leadership, and you helped me make a transition from implementing some of the principles subconsciously to attempting to implement all of them consciously. Wow, wow, not only did I succeed in arousing her curiosity and provoking thought, but again, I had the privilege of introducing Chetna and others in the room to servant leadership and help them see its power to transform. And yes, she gave me permission to use her name and share her story, or I wouldn't have done it, or I would have done it anonymously. I was able to invite all the people in the room to join the servant leadership journey and experience the power, the transformative power of servant leadership. So what happens next is yet to be written, but I know it promises to be exciting. So what about you? Let me ask again, is there an area of life, leadership, work, or service that you want to see transformed in the year ahead? I would challenge you to consider embracing servant leadership And experiment with it. See what happens. Are you purpose-powered and people-focused and wondering how you best lead in environments like that? Well, as I said earlier, the best purpose-powered leaders I know realize servant leadership, whether they use that label or not, is most appropriate. And yes, through the, the work I've done in servant leadership, 
I've met thousands of leaders who were practicing servant leadership and not aware of the label or not aware that there was a a set of practices so named. So if you're part of an organization or know of an organization that's wanting to embrace servant leadership more consciously and consistently and looking for someone to help them on their journey, hey, I'd appreciate an introduction because it truly is a privilege sharing servant leadership with leaders and helping their organizations experience transformation as they embrace and express servant leadership. I'm not sure if this is for you or not, but if you're personally interested in transforming some aspect of your life or leadership, then you might want to explore our new Servant Leadership Year. It's a year-long program we're launching, just launched, to help you not only learn servant leadership, but also express it through your life, work, and service to apply it and see its benefits. Hey, I'd love to hear from you about anything in this, this conversation today. You can email me at kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com or call me at 678-744-5111. Hey, until next time, remember, you are meant for more. Don't settle for less. If you've connected with a story and you want to learn more about servant leadership and practice the skills you need to serve your team, company, and community, go to servantleadershipyear.com and join the community. That's servantleadershipyear.com.